Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's teaching, remember you can learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance and part two of his teaching in Revelation 13, The Mark of the Beast. Daniel 10, uh, we won't go there for the sake of time tonight. We do see that demonic powers are often behind worldly kingdoms. For example, in Daniel 10, 13, an angel says to Daniel, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me. So we do know that we have strongholds or dark powers uh, that are influencing government. In fact, there were people who watched Adolf Hitler give speeches and believed that he was demonically possessed. And he was able to hold crowds and that kind of thing and influence a whole nation. And then it did did come out that he was dabbling with the occult or maybe full-fledged into the occult. So the devil does use world powers to persecute the woman. Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persia, just think of it. Herod the Great killing the babies in uh, Bethlehem, and on through the ages. So we cannot separate the demonic powers or influences from what happens in the world and in government. And so he says, I saw in Revelation 13, 3, one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. Now, this fatal wound that was uh, a mortal wound and was healed and brought amazement has brought some of the caricatures that you've seen in some of the movies and books. That this Antichrist, and there's some that refer here, and you can just write this down for your consideration to Zechariah 11.17, and believe that there's some sort of assassination attempt on this world leader of the future. In fact, when JFK was killed, there were... Uh, prophecy buffs at the time saying JFK was the Antichrist and he was going to return from the dead, that he had a mortal wound and he was going to rise from the dead again. He was going to be healed of it. And there's been all these different speculations on assassination attempts and comebacks from them. In fact, there are some people that have intimated that they think that Adolf Hitler will return in some fashion and uh, lead a, a revived German empire. And you've heard about revived Roman empires. And maybe Caesar Nero will come back from the dead. These are all the speculations. Or there's others that say this is a future world leader. And he is literally assassinated. He gets a fatal wound and dies and rises again. Remember I told you that the devil is a master parator of the work of God. What do you think he might be trying to counterfeit? The dying Messiah? and the rising Messiah, to bring people in awe after this seed of Satan, if you will. Remember, Jesus in Mark 13, 6 said, in the last days of many will come in my name, saying literally, I am. They will come, apparently, in the name of Jesus. Counterfeits are at their best when they use our terminology. Have you noticed? So we have people who stand up there with Bibles, They name the name of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they represent Jesus. And we need to know that this is how the enemy works. Um, You know, 
deception and so forth is most effective when it has a lot of truth stuffed with a big fat lie. Some, we've had some discussions lately and people say, you know, people are asking questions like, well, you know, when you have a teacher that is known to have had some false doctrine and have some issues, but they say a lot of good things. Well, yeah, th- that, that's what makes them maybe even more effective. And it doesn't mean that people don't make mistakes who are speakers and Christian teachers. But if someone holds on to a heretical false position, there's an old saying, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> false teachers can say some good things, but it, they, they can say some things that could benefit your life, but they could still be categorized as a false teacher. And this is often how the enemy works. In the early church, this was true, and it's still true today. Now, remember, if the, uh, we take the heads and everything literal, we have to understand that this beast in verse 1 of chapter 13 had how many heads? He has seven heads. So if one of the heads gets a fatal wound, doesn't he still have six left? If you still have six good heads left, are, is the beast really dead or is it only one of his heads? And then what does that mean? So you can see why you have to be careful with your interpretations in taking this to maybe mean that it's just an individual. Is it just one kingdom of seven or one king that makes a comeback? We don't know, but you will see how the language seems to revolve around an individual. Notice what happens. The world's in awe of the beast in chapter 13, uh, verse uh, 3. They're amazed. They follow after the beast, and they worship the dragon, verse 4. That's Satan, because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who is able to wage war with him? The world is amazed at this, whatever this miraculous recovery is, and they start to have a mantra that they sing to the beast, if you will, or speak of the beast, and they say, Who is like him? In Exodus 15, 11, the children of Israel said of God, Who is like thee among the gods, O Lord? Who is like thee, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? Who is like you, O Lord? To whom shall you compare me? To whom shall you liken me, says the Most High God? Do you see what Satan's trying to do? The people are saying, who is like the beast? Because Satan has wanted worship from the beginning, right? From the time of his fall, he even asked Jesus to bow down and worship him in the temptations in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And so now the world is in awe of this beast. You might say, well, how how does the world so easily become in awe of what they should be able to see through? Well, should they be able to see through it? And what does it really take for the world to be in awe of somebody? Think about it. What does it really take? Boy, they're such a wonderful singer. Oh, right? Do you see people, how they go goo goo gaga, nutty nut over movie stars? Do you remember the, the old film footage of the Beatles with young girls screaming and passing out on the front row? She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We have a, we've kind of taken that song and I don't even remember how the song goes, but we've made a parody of the song now. 
And it goes like this. It's on the golf course. With a swing like that, you know you should be sad. Anyway. Now, there was given to him, verse 5. See if you can recover from that. This is a divine passive, by the way. It's a reminder that God is ultimately sovereign or in control. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for how long? 42 months. That's what? Three and a half years was given to him. Again, given to him. God is ultimately in control. This is where some of the scripture where people say he's a great and confident orator, the Antichrist. He has a mouth. He's arrogant, but he's blasphemous. Jesus said, you will know someone by how they talk, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you have someone who claims to be a great spiritual or political leader, but out of their mouth comes arrogant blasphemy, you have a pretty good idea of where they're coming from. The sovereign God will establish the limits, 42 months. He gives him the ability to do this uh, work for a time. And he even opened his mouth in blasphemies, verse 6, against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, probably speaks of his people, that is those who dwell in heaven. He speaks blasphemy against God and against God's people. This has been the history of the persecution of the church, blasphemy against God, blasphemy against his people. Today, Christians are marginalized in many countries of the world. In our own country, Christians are mocked and made fun of and marginalized and painted into corners uh, for their views and so forth. And this blasphemy continues. There's, this is going to begin with a verbal assault, but it's going to turn physical, verse 7. And it was given to him, John reminding us again that God is sovereign, to make war with the saints and to what? And to overcome them. And authority over, this is a worldwide situation. It can't be just limited to the fall of Jerusalem over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was what? Given to him. Now, this is what makes all God's people say gulp. He was given to make war with the saints, and the saints is a common term for the church, and to overcome them. To overcome is a Greek word called nikao, and it's where we get the idea of Nike or the Nike brand, and it's the sign of victory. He's given victory over the saints of God. And you might say, why? What purpose would God have to allow this beastly, whoever this is, to, to wear away at his saints, to harass them? The idea here to, um, it was given to him to overcome them, and authority was given to him. He, in Daniel 7.25, the same idea of wearing them down, Daniel 7.25, means to harass constantly and to wear them out. There's some that have looked at this and said, in the last days, this may not be like an all-out assault, but it may be a wearing down of the saints to where they, they get beaten on so much that they, they just can't, you know, they can't overcome. And so uh, it's a harassment, a continual harassment, some being killed and so forth. And all who dwell on the earth, verse 8, will worship him. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And this blasphemy continues. There's, this is going to begin with a verbal assault, but it's going to turn physical, verse 7. And it was given to him, John reminding us again that God is sovereign, to make war with the saints, and to what? And to overcome them. And authority over, this is a worldwide situation. It can't be just limited to the fall of Jerusalem over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was what? Given to him. Now, this is what makes all God's people say gulp. He was given to make war with the saints, and the saints is a common term for the church, and to overcome them. To overcome is a Greek word called nikao, and it's where we get the idea of Nike or the Nike brand, and it's the sign of victory. He's given victory over the saints of God. And you might say, why? What purpose would God have to allow this beastly, whoever this is, to, to wear away at his saints, to harass them? The idea here to, um, it was given to him to overcome them, and authority was given to him. He, in Daniel 7.25, the same idea of wearing them down, Daniel 7.25, means to harass constantly and to wear them out. There's some that have looked at this and said, in the last days, this may not be like an all-out assault, but it may be a wearing down of the saints to where they, they get beaten on so much that they, they just can't, you know, they can't overcome. And so uh, it's a harassment, a continual harassment, some being killed and so forth. And all who dwell on the earth, verse 8, will worship him. Everyone whose name, is, whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. Would you notice in verse 8, it says, All the inhabitants of the world, all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. Everyone on the earth except those whose names are written in what? The book of life, which presupposes that Believers will be here during this time and will refuse to worship the beast 
and refused to take his mark. But the whole world outside of those written in the Lamb's book of life will worship this beast. And all I could write in my notes there is sad. Very sad. The ultimate of being duped, of uh, buying the lie, of giving in to deception. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians. I believe that the Apostle Paul is talking of the same circumstances here in 2 Thessalonians 2. And he says these words. He's referring to the day of the Lord. And he's talking about some things that have to happen for this time to come, which I believe includes the second coming, the resurrection, and the rapture. So here's 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. I believe you have the second coming and the rapture there, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2, that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come, the day of the Lord will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Now, the word apostasy is apostasia in Greek, and it means a defection from a previously professed position. It means to defect. So you say you're something, and you defect from that position. That's apostasy. It comes first, and the man of lawlessness is what? Is revealed. The son of destruction. We were in a New Testament survey class last night. A little bit of dialogue back and forth, and it would seem that the apostasy is connected to the man of lawlessness and what he does. In other words, people who said they were Christians will defect during this time because of the pressure of staying true to Jesus Christ. And in every age where there's been persecution of the church, and by the way, it's happened in just about every age. I don't know if you know how fortunate you are to live in the United States right now and in this era of the United States. Persecution for the Christian church has been the norm. We live in a country right now founded on Christian principles, uh, which are slowly ebbing away, that has given us great privilege and comfort for a season. I pray that it lasts. But I'm telling you right now, this has not been the story of the church for 2,000 years. The church has normally and regularly been persecuted. So here's what it says. It says, The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now so that in his time he may be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearing of his coming or appearance of his coming. That is the one, this Antichrist or man of lawlessness, who's coming in accordance, in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. And for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false, in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth 
but took pleasure in wickedness. Now we can see the parallels to Revelation 13 here as this one is doing this work. Revelation 13, uh, the first section ends with these words, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Let me just park here for a second. We're, we're going to move on, but let me just say that oftentimes the Bible just pauses for you to do a little bit of healthy contemplation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you belong to Jesus Christ? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you playing church? Are you saved? I think the purpose of this pause is to just have us consider where we are with the Lord. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes, verse 10. If anyone kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. The idea of restitution, justice. Here is the perseverance or patient endurance and the faith of the saints. NIV, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Going to have to hang in there because this is going to be a time that needs patient endurance. And of course, there's been many seasons when the church has had to do this. And I saw another beast, Revelation 13, 11, coming up out of the earth. The first one was from the sea, the second one from the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. He looks harmless, but he spoke as a dragon. The idea probably of power and craftiness. He looks like a lamb. He speaks like a dragon. In Revelation 5, we saw a lamb as if slain, right? And that lamb was representative of who? Jesus Christ. This lamb is the false prophet. And we learn that from other uh, verses later on in the book. He's kind of the religious arm of this antichrist who seems to be political. And so he arises from the earth here, and he looks harmless. In fact, there are some that believe that he tries to convince the world that he is Jesus, that he's the Messiah, that he's the Lamb, that it's okay to give your allegiance to this political leader. Look, I'm telling you, this is who I am. And look at what's happened to him. He, he had a mortal wound, a fatal wound, and, and he's okay. And you guys have been worshiping him anyway. And notice something else. He exercises, verse 12, all the authority of the first beast or the Antichrist in his presence. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. This so-called false prophet, religious leader, is pointing the world to worship the Antichrist or the beast. And the world is right with him. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part two of his teaching in Revelation chapter 13 about the mark of the beast. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to first remind you that we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, have a prayer need, or you would simply like to reach out to Pastor Michael, you can write us at the email address contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael. One of the great brothers in our congregation with a great big pastoral heart 
is a man named Paul Hicks. He's been writing daily devotionals for a couple of years now, uh, every single day ministering to hundreds of people. I'm personally blessed by these devotionals. And you have an opportunity as a family member of Walk in Truth, as a partner of Walk in Truth, to subscribe to these devotionals and receive them every day to help you get a step closer in your walk with the Lord. To subscribe and receive these short devotionals to help you get a step closer in your walk with the Lord, diving into the Bible, having a built-in devotion that you can just access on your phone, simply text the words, step closer to 33222. Now that's all one word. Again, it's step closer and you text 33222. Step closer as one word, 33222. Thanks for joining us in this walk, for accessing the devotional. I know that all of us are busy, and it's just great to have quick access to the Word of God, get a little short teaching to start your day. I would encourage you, especially if you haven't been in your Bible regularly, this is a great way to get started, and it's right there accessible for you. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 13 about the mark of the beast. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. In addition to our faithful listeners and financial partners, this program is made possible by our staff, Executive Administrative Pastor Mike Rizzi, Audio and Video Technician Nathan Lance, Program Director Rob Newton, Graphic Arts Director Brenda Lance, Walk in Truth Store Admin Larie Bondi, Financial Admin Claudia Rizzi, and Senior Pastor Michael Lance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.